Hello, I'm Michael. I'm Radek. And this is The Podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books we read and want to share with you. As well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day working on our app, Nosby. Or, you know, whatever else comes to mind. Was it professional or lame? I don't know. Let's see. So, um, everybody listening, this is our new intro. We want to just, you know, you know, up our game here and so show briefly who we are, where we're coming from, and what is the podcast about. Yeah. I think we did that at the very beginning, though. I think we did try. Right. Well, whatever. I mean, you know, the feedback we got from people who were, you know, first to listen to our podcast was exactly that. They, they didn't, you know, they didn't they didn't know where we're coming from. And uh, and I've mm. actually had this experience listening to a few podcasts, um, just like loose episodes of these podcasts that uh, sometimes I really didn't know, didn't know where the hosts were coming from by saying something, right? So I mm. think, you know, I think it makes sense. Let's see. Let's see what people, what people say about it. All right. So let's just jump right into the main topic. All right. Uh, which is books again. We weren't going to do more books, but there's not only books. There will be more more things in uh, in this episode, hopefully. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But I I wanted to to discuss a, a few things which I I, I noticed um, after we published the, the last episode. So um, when I when I tweeted about the episode um, and and reiterated what we said last week, which is, hey, you should read more, you should read a lot, and 30 books a year is not a problem, right? It's it's not a rate where you would find find it problematic with the right approach if you do audiobooks. It's really not that hard, and it's definitely worth it. So someone asked, how do I know? How do I know that 30 books a year is is not too much? And, and he asked... How many books will you still remember ten years from now? So uh, that I think that's a very interesting question, um, and the answer to it I, I don't think is very intuitive. So first of all, I, I guess I should say that I don't know how many books uh, I will still remember ten years from now because I haven't done this for that long. All right, so there's a possibility I'm wrong. Okay, but I think I think the point here is that it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. The, the purpose of a book is not for you to remember the name of the book and what exactly it contained. The purpose of the book is to change you. A successful book changes you. All right? So uh, the, the, the person who has this question, like me, he's a programmer. Okay? Do you think I remember where I got which of the programming concepts or ideas or notions that I know from? I don't remember. Some of them were from books, some of them were from experience, some of them were from random articles, or maybe from a suggestion from a friend, or maybe from a discussion on Twitter. I don't remember. Who It doesn't cares? matter. Who cares? It doesn't matter where you got that from. The, many of the most powerful ideas you will remember. Okay, but, but, but the majority of it, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you got it, that you remembered it, that, that you put this new idea, this new notion somewhere in, 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 the, in, in the mesh of knowledge you have in your mind, that, that you, you took this advice and put it into practice or tried it and failed and decided it doesn't work and dropped it, right? That, that, you, that you took what you got from the book and it changed you. 
you learned, you remembered it, you changed your behavior. Maybe it it, it changed you so that you you changed your thinking and. Uh, you know, in the future, five years from now, you won't remember that 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 this book got you know gave you these ideas which which changed the way you I don't know prioritize what you do in your life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is that it changed you. So the thing is that um, uh, many people are coming from this thing that you know we all went to school. And in school, actually, it did matter if this thing was written by this guy or the other guy. If, you know, a war happened in the 1876 and not 1875. Really, this, I mean, there is no longer a test here. Like, nobody will really try to check you 10 years from now what you learned, you know, on this page of Malcolm Gladwell's book, you know. Uh, well, I don't know which one. You know, there are, several, there are so many. So... Like, nobody cares, as you said. And especially the thing is that, as we discussed, uh, when you read a book, you learn something, it shapes you. And then when you read another book, uh, your ideas are further being shaped, right? So you keep on shaping your ideas. You keep learning, you keep advancing. And this is what ultimately, you know, ultimately it's all about development. You develop yourself. And that's the part of it. I mean... I remember talking to Michael Hyatt about it. Michael Hyatt, who is, uh, you know, um, uh, he, 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 he used to be a CEO of a publishing company. And he is, a, you know, also a, a, a strong reader. He reads lots of books. And he said that, okay, um, he really is not, um, I, I, I forgot to mention that last episode. He said he doesn't care if he misses a point in one book or he doesn't remember some things from the book. I mean, it's not a test anymore. It's not like he wants to study each book. You know, each book mm. is to give him ideas and not, I mean, he, it, it, like many people, I think, makes this that we should study the books. We're, no, we're not supposed to study them. We're supposed to read them and 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 then get ideas from them, but not really study them. Right. I mean, I mean that depends on the kind of the uh, the book. If if you're trying to 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 learn some difficult math or programming concept from a from a book, you'd call it a textbook probably. Yeah. And it's a thing you study, right? But most books you don't. You just you try to absorb it, and that's it. Yeah. And and if you don't, if you, I mean, like. I just, you know, the other day when you asked me how many books I have on my Audible account, I started scrolling through them. And and, and, and some of the books, I just didn't remember what they were all about, you know, anymore. And, and but I know I read them. So the thing is, okay, maybe the ideas in this book weren't that strong, or maybe they were they were already there. I mean, they're, 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 they're being saved here, but I really didn't care that they were from this book anyway, you know? So um, right. I, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I know that I've advanced thanks to reading these books. And that's the idea. Mm. So I, I, I think like, again, coming back to, to, to what we discussed last week about forgetting the, the fireplace, okay? Just as a book isn't, uh, shouldn't be a ritual, it's just a tool. It's a thing we care strongly about, but it's practical in nature. We shouldn't think of books as these artifacts that are so valuable in themselves that you cannot forget them, right? The best ones, of course you won't forget them, but many of them still matter. It was still worth reading. It still changed you. But it, what, what mattered, like it's, it's, it's a box, right? Yeah. What mattered is that you, 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 you took the toys from the box and, and you used them, right? And you, you, you don't remember the, the, the carrier of the message. You don't remember the medium because it, 
it's just a medium. It's it's just a device to transport the knowledge and, and the ideas. They matter, not the book. So I, I think it's another of, of, of those ideas that we, you know, uh, that that we we put too much value in in just the concept of of a book, which I, I think comes from, again from from the physical book, right? That you you put in your shelf, and it's this physical artifact of the ideas inside, which is valuable. I'm not saying it's it's a it's a useless thing, but again, it's it's not the main point. The main point is for you to absorb what's inside, and not the book itself. So, how many books will I re- still remember ten years from now? Some of them. The best ones, or the worst ones, which I hated so much I, I can't forget them, Most, many of them I probably will forget, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that they changed me. Yeah, totally. I mean, coming back to that, I mean, in 10 years, you might want to reread some of the books, you know? You might want to read them again, oh, yeah. you know? And, 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 just, uh, and, and as we, I think we discussed this as well, that sometimes um, when you read them again, you're like, huh, this is, tri- this is trivial. I, I know all about this, right? I mean, this, mm. I mean... Because, as, as we said, this book already changed you and then other books change you again. So the, the concepts from the book are no longer uh, new to you and are, are, are even worth reading anymore again. It won't mm. repeating any, anymore. Or maybe it's going to be the other way around. The first time around, you didn't get it. Because maybe yep. you didn't have the foundation necessary to truly get the book. Because, well, you didn't read the other books that were kind of the prerequisites. But then you, you come back to it, you know, five or ten years later because you know, like, everyone says you have to read this book. And maybe they were right. You just didn't get it then, but you'll get it now. Yeah. Uh, because, again, it's not the book. It's what's inside, what you, you get out of it. Totally. So uh, uh, the second... Um, criticism or a misunderstanding of, of what we talked about last time was uh, like I, I I pointed out that this quality versus quantity thing here uh, in, in terms of reading a lot of books is a false dichotomy and 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 someone said oh so you mean you should read more poorer quality books instead of fewer higher quality books like what <laughs> and like like no, like that's not the point. Of course not. Again, it's a zero-sum game. You are going to, you ought to, pick the best books, the highest quality, the highest value, or the highest value per, you know, unit of of effort. You'll read the best books. But w- what I meant is that people have this super bizarre rationalization of like they find so many reasons to, to um to make it seem rational that they're not reading a lot more than they could, right? Again, mm-hmm. maybe if you if you try to read a book every uh, two days, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe you just get so little comprehension out of it that it's useless. Uh, like, probably, I don't know. But most people read fewer than five books a year. And I think more, more, most people are capable of reading 30 books a year without some sort of um, Herculean effort. I think most people are totally capable of reading 20 or 30 books a year, just casually, as a thing they do, and get a lot of value out of it. Yeah, uh, and, and really, I mean, I think you, you, what you said is really important, that we really should pick the best books we can, because, as you said, I mean, you know, our time is valuable. Why? And and also, which I, I find really interesting, and I actually stick to this rule as well, that if you read a book, or listen to a book, like in our case, and you don't find it, you know, interesting. You don't find it valuable. You know, mm. stop. 
just just stop just don't you know don't don't keep right. reading because you bought it because you have it you feel obliged you should finish it no if you don't like it just go go on and get the next one there's too many great books in the world to 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 try to force yourself to to read stuff that that's not valuable that turns out to be useless i mean give it time you know give it a few a few a few uh, chapters a few um uh, like a few minutes or you know a few tens of minutes uh, because some books <laughs> are just uh, um developing like slowly <laughs> but yes. but but even after that i mean but but uh, you know at some point just decide if you want to continue or not so it's it's really useful to do that all right uh, and another thing that i wanted to to stress again is um time to process okay mm-hmm. so a a a criticism is that well if you read so many books a year uh you won't really remember them you get through a lot of books but it doesn't matter because you don't have time to process so first of all 30 books a year is much less than people think yeah it's a book every 12 days that's a lot of time that's you know two weekends worth of free time <laughs> to think about ideas. So yes, you definitely need time to process. I agree. And this is why I also stress that uh, in terms of books that are like really important, like relevant to your life, uh, I think it's worth taking notes and it's worth getting back to the notes. It's important to have some, some free space to think about what you've just learned, what you've just read about and try to process it and try to uh, actually learn it and internalize it. Okay. Uh, but again, um, 12 days per book is more time than people think. That's first of all. Uh, second of all, what I find is that reading a lot is is surprisingly... Like, it, it doesn't make it harder to process them. Because when you read uh, books that are vaguely related to each other, you you know, reading the, the second book, uh, you, you hear about this, this, this idea, and you're like, okay, that's interesting. I, I heard... A similar idea in that other book and it relates in an interesting way and then you start making these connections because you read a lot and it's not like you you read one book and then you do nothing for many months right if you read quite a lot of books uh you start making more connections and remembering them because and not uh in spite of reading a lot of books and i actually f- uh, realized when i just scrolled through my through my list of books that usually I don't read the same types. I mean, I I usually read nonfiction. That's true, but uh, the same type of book. I mean, I I usually read books with different concepts or different ideas. So it's so it's not like you know one idea doesn't have time to incubate because it's a different idea, and then I'm reading something else about something like a different topic. So. So, right. So they're, they're, they might be relevant to some extent, but usually they're not that much relevant. So I, so the, the old idea can still have time to incubate in my mind while the other one is being developed by reading the new book. So, But at the same time, I feel like even though like I do the same thing as you, I, I wouldn't read, I generally wouldn't read like two books on the same topic at once, right? That, that's not the point. Uh, but, but still... I I think both both of us read stuff in vaguely uh, similar um, areas, right? right? If you read books about I don't know, uh, you know, businessy stuff or psychology ish stuff, right? You you might not treat uh, two of them 
at once, but still, uh, you, you, you read in different areas and it, it all has some space, but, but still you, you read similar enough books close enough that you start making connections between them. And I think that's valuable. Yeah, totally. Uh, also, uh, which is actually what you just said. Um, one tip uh, for like, if you want to uh, listen to a lot of books, uh, what I tend to do is I tend to alternate between books, which I think are going to be like really impactful or really important or, or, or just books which are relevant to my life, which I need time to process, which I need to take notes of, which are just very important for me. Right, and I, I tend to alternate those and nice to haves books, which I want to read because they're about an interesting topic. Because I want to broaden my general knowledge about the world, about you know just stuff. Uh, but they're but they're not they're not like crucial to me. I could live without them. I I want to to grow by reading them, but. I, I can read those casually. I don't have to take no notes of them. So for example, I, I read this uh, book called Whole Earth Discipline, which is about like uh, biology and, and climate change. And I read uh, like Industries of the Future, which were, was an interesting read, but like not that much for me to, uh, to take notes of, or Sapiens, which was super interesting, uh, but again, not relevant to my life. Or biographies like The Everything Store I, I read some time ago, or Elon Musk. Um, like I, I tend to read a lot of books which I could live without, but I, I still get value by reading them. But they're they're easier, they're more casual. So if I alternate between those two kinds of books, um, I can I can more easily sustain the the rate of of, of books that I read and uh, like w without cramming, feeling like I I have too much. Yeah, especially biographies are really good to to uh, because. Uh, we like stories. We're humans, so we like stories. We relate to stories, and uh, like I just, I just, I'm scrolling right now through my through my list. And for example, uh, becoming Steve Jobs was a really good book. I really loved it. And uh, again, another. Mm. I mean, I'm a sucker for biographies of Steve Jobs. So you know, <laughs> uh, if you decide to write a book, Steve Jobs, I'm gonna read it. So um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and they tend to be quite long too. Yeah, but but um, but for example, becoming Steve Jobs was really good. And and uh, um, yeah. A few of these were really, really, really fantastic, and and you know even and and as we mentioned uh, last year, I decided to read the uh, the Martian, which is not a nonfiction book, which is actually a fiction book, but I just, it was just so good. It's just so good. I agree. So the last thing I wanted to mention about books, um, it's an idea I wanted to convey last week, and I think many times before, but it, it's it's kind of hard to. Um, to put in words. So I, I, I mentioned that when you read a lot, you get a lot of different ideas and some of them add nuance to each other and some of them are contradictory. Mm -hmm. And that's an uncomfortable feeling, right? Because you read those two books and they're all interesting. They all seem, um, you know, good and, and, and make good arguments about the ideas they try to convey. But then you get contradictory opposing ideas, right? And I, I, I find it hard to, to, to give an, an example of, of, of why this is, uh, this is valuable. But uh, just, just um, in the last episode after we recorded, you know, uh, I talked with Michael about um, the changes he, he plans to his blog. And, and Michael said that um, he, he wants to write fewer blog posts, but... but you know, uh, write them uh, best he can. And 
And when he he described it, he he used uh, this notion, this phrase of well, because less is more, right? That it's better to focus on on on, uh, on quality versus uh, quantity. Like it's 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 not that you have to uh, write more. Like less is more, right? And um, and and also it I, I I thought of well, it's kind of a zero sum game, right? You have this much time to devote to writing blog posts, so kind of focus on, on those that have the greatest value. But then, so you have those two ideas, right? Those two lenses through which you can look at the situation. But then you have this this third lens, this third idea, which is what we discussed recently, uh, a few episodes ago, this idea from Originals, which is that sometimes quantity versus quality is a false dichotomy, that creators make the best stuff when they make a lot of stuff. Yeah. And this is, and this is super uncomfortable, because this, this idea tells you the opposite of those two other ideas. You have these three lenses, but if you, if, if you only got one of those ideas, because it's, it's, you know, it's something you came up with, it's something you, you learn from culture or maybe you, you, from, from some book and, and you found it influential. So you had this one idea and, and you thought, well, this is the recipe uh, that I have to apply to my life and the stuff I do, right? And then you read a lot and you see that, oh, okay, so this book made a really compelling argument, I should do this, and that book made a compelling argument that I should do the opposite. So what should I do? And it's uncomfortable, but this is really crucial because when you have this multiple points of view, you have, like, I, I, I like the, the metaphor from uh, Clay Christensen of, of lenses, right? You have different, like, lenses, like filters through which you can look at a situation. And they're all useful, but they might be useful in different situations, and when you have many of them, like if you have just one or a few, you, you will try to push this lens, this notion, this idea in places where it doesn't make sense, in, in situations where, where this rule does not apply. And when you have a lot of these lenses, you will see, okay, so I have these opposing views, but, but now because I have multiple, I can, I can see the new ones that this applies here, but, but that one doesn't ap- uh, apply here. Yeah, and... Um- and there's and of course a road to success is never the same so like something that works for you might not work for the other one so we'd also have to mind that i mean mind what the authors you know the stories the authors quote or their stories um is that you know for some for somebody this way was better for the other one was the other way better and uh, the, the, when we discussed my writing um i i i i highlighted that um i'm not going to write less i'm going to write the same amount of time but just i'm going to, i'm going to output less posts which i would like, like 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 you know because anyway i have to find a way for my blog to actually reach a better audience to reach more audience and and you know seth godin is the other way around i mean seth godin's blog is you know he posts every day very short blog posts and it works for him great but it doesn't mean I have to be Seth Godin, you know. But again, as I said, these lenses, these opposing views, give you some ideas, and um, uh, and all of them, you know, you know, you create your own, you create your own way. Right, and uh, um, well, I think you you, for, you forgot what, uh, when when I told you, you said, well, actually, I'm coming from this fourth angle, uh, which is this idea from four disciplines of exactly. execution, mm-hmm. which is that you stopped looking at the the um the the, the measure yeah right you you picked a, a different metric like you focus on the lead measure of uh 
you know, I want to spend this much time on my blog posts, right? And so you, you still apply the same amount of time, but trying to, to do it in such a way to like produce fewer, but better quality posts. But it's not that you, you put less time into it, you put the same amount of time, but just change the product because you, 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 you start focus on, focusing on a different, more relevant metric. Exactly. I, I, I'm going to stop measuring on the amount of blog posts I, I, I produce, but I will focus mm. on the amount of hours I spend writing. I mean, it's a totally different metric. And again, it has to be relevant to my goals and to my you know, life and everything. But, but that's the thing, as you said, you know, focus, focus on different metrics. And I wouldn't come to this conclusion if I didn't read the book before the responsive execution. I wouldn't think like that, you know. And uh, mm. Right. And, and like, that's valuable. It, this isn't wrong. This is like what I think a lot of people forget again and again. I, I think I think we're we're wired to think in terms of extremes, right? Yep. In terms of laws, rules. Do this. Don't do that. This is true. This is not true. But the real world is very nuanced. It's almost never like that. Yeah. The real world is almost always in terms of well, it depends. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> the real world is full of nuance, right? There's some physical laws which are, are always true, yeah. right? At least as far as we know, because our understanding of it also changes as we see more nuance. And that, hey, actually, they're, they're, this, this model didn't explain some things, so we came up with general relativity. But uh, aside from that, uh, the real world might have some real uh, um, rules, but most of the world is really complicated and we we have to think in terms of heuristics okay it's probably going to this or it's probably going to be this because of these circumstances or in terms of probabilities like again it's very complex there's a lot of nuance and so if you think in terms of extremes in terms of rules and laws this will lead you astray and when you have a lot of different mental models Okay, a lot of different lenses. Uh, you can pick and choose and, and see. Okay, uh, you can then notice because you have a lot of them. You can see what applies when, and sometimes you'll still be wrong and make wrong decisions. But you get better because you have a lot of mental models to apply to a situation. So in the end, yes, go read books. It's worth it. Right. And I just wanted to to give the the the, the second example, which is just just on 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 Tuesday, I I came back to work after a week off, and so I I had two ideas in mind, right? I I thought okay, so I have a lot to catch up with, you know, there there's so much stuff I have to do, but then I had this other idea in mind, which is okay, but I shouldn't do those because I have to focus on deep work. I haven't been practicing deep work as much as I should, as much as I know is worth uh, doing, right? And so even though I had a lot of things to catch up with, I decided to ignore them and postpone them. And, you know, the the world kept spinning. No one fired me. Everything was fine. I neglected some some things which were supposedly more urgent, but I... I, I you know, even despite of this, I spend half the day working on things that are not urgent, but they're important. Because, you know, in in, in those two opposing ideas, um, because I, I, I noticed both, because I noticed the, the dilemma, I could um, rationally weigh uh, both approaches and decided, 
you know what? I I won't be catching up today. I'll be doing deep work. And I think it's it's um you know, it's it's something that I've been uh, recently, I mean, I've been recently rewriting the, the book 10 Steps to Ultimate Productivity. Uh, I mean, there, it was a course I did and now I'm writing this as a book. And and um, and over there, I've, I've, I was writing one of the chapters and, and it was there when, like, everything is a choice. And uh, and actually, you sh- you, every choice you make should be conscious choice that you decide to do. And, and, and it was in the concept of weekly review. That weekly review mm. uh, um, that we discussed also in the past, weekly review, what it does is it puts you back in the st- on the steering wheel. You decide what I mean how your I mean you check how your week was and you decide how your next week is going to be. If you don't do your weekly review, people will start knocking at your door and people will start deciding for themselves what you should be doing and they will plan your life for you. And 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 I really liked what you did here that you know you knew that you have things to catch up. But there is like, there are important tasks you wanted to tackle, so you decided, okay, I'm going to have a conscious choice. I'm going to make a conscious choice. I'm going to focus first on the deep stuff. Then I'm going to go with the catch up, you know. And um, I think it's really it's really good. It's really good, and it's something that you know we should all consider that every time we decide what we work on, it's our, it should be our choice, not because people demand this from me, because the world will go down and everything mm. will be you know will be chaos. Uh, usually. It's not the case. So I think you also wanted to uh, discuss some uh, iOS and technology stuff. Okay, so let's just, as we said in our intro, we talk about books, but we also talk about technology and productivity. So let's just focus on technology now. And especially, um, we wanted, I mean, we you just came from WWDC from San Francisco. And uh, over there, Apple announced a few things. We discussed some of them in the previous episodes, but... I think, you know, there are, there, are, there are ways, I mean, there are things that we should discuss there, especially when it comes to privacy, um, because Apple um, launched some, you know, like said some important things about privacy, about what they stand for. And contrary to some other companies, which are ad companies like Google or Facebook or Twitter. And um, you want to start with that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so... I, I, I wanted to highlight one thing in particular, which I found very interesting, uh, which is the technology part. So uh, Apple mentioned this, um, this, this technology uh, called differential privacy. And I found it super fascinating because I, I have not heard of it before. So, 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 here's, an, uh, so here's the idea. Uh, say you want to collect some statistics, right? For example, you want to know um, you know, if Apple works on their emoji keyboard, uh, what's what's people's favorite e- emojis, right? Which are the emojis people use the most? Yep. Sometimes you've typed a whole message and then you realize at the end that you're totally lacking in emojification. And so we've provided the solution. When you tap on the emoji button, we'll highlight all the emojifiable words there and you can just tap, 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 tap and emojify. And like this, I mean, we're just talking about uh, emojis, so maybe it doesn't matter, maybe it does, whatever. But uh, the idea is, is it possible to get the information you want, which is statistical information of, you know, which, uh, which emojis people use the most, you know, in aggregate, all of the people, uh, without having to reveal 
the preferences of an individual user. Like you, you can you can say you care about privacy, but if you still collect the data, you can say, oh, it's it's anonymized, whatever. But you can still piece it together. And like, how can you have the best of both worlds? How can you collect stats? How can you learn stuff about your users in aggregate without you having a physical ability to know about any single one of them? All right. And like, uh, this is why, you know, math can be amazing. Like, if you look at, uh, like, cryptography, like, if, if you dig into it, and, and, and maybe it's, it's interesting enough that we should discuss it some other time, but there's some, like, really, really fascinating math that allows you to do things which are really awesome. Like, you know, uh, private public key encryption, where you can communicate safely without revealing to anyone else on the outside the communication, without you having to agree on the set of keys beforehand. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Or, or, or how you have this 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 thing called um, perfect forward secrecy, which is even if you steal someone's private key, even if you record the encrypted communication before you steal the key, you will not be able to read it, right? Yeah. If you don't have the key when the communication happened, you will never be able to record the information. Mm-hmm. How is this possible? It's possible. Why? Because math, right? And this is like, it's amazing how certain things turn out to be possible, right? How we can do certain things uh, which are useful uh, and, you know, when we talk about cryptography, uh, secure, safe. And so uh, the idea of differential privacy is that you can do just that. You can learn about statistical information without revealing anything about any particular user. And this is very interesting how, uh, like, the, the way it works is you, you take the value, the information from a particular user right so maybe like say it's 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 just a, 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 a one bit you know zero and one whatever it's whatever right you you have some information and then you add to this information random noise and now you're it's garbage it it, it doesn't mean anything you you see this information and it doesn't convey anything because it, it was added to random noise so all the bits have been flipped and you don't know in which way they were flipped so you cannot recover any information from this for any particular user sending this, uh, this information with added noise. But when you have a large uh, group of these, uh, th- these samples, uh, the noise will cancel out to zero. So if you have a lot of samples, you will still have statistical information and the more samples you have, the more statistical confidence you have about this this result. But you you don't know, you cannot possibly know anything about any of those samples. It's only in aggregate where they reveal the information you want to know, the statistical information about the aggregate of, of all the users. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just found it fascinating, man. Yeah, and... Um... And, and and what what I really like about it is that as, as we said, it's not like Apple is saying you know trust us because we are trustworthy and we will not do things with your information. No, the policy is that the way they collect information is that even if somebody else comes at helm at Apple, until they change the policy and from there on start collecting information in a different way, 
There is no mm. way for them to actually retro, you know, retroactively get back to the information and, and, and get the user profile or something like that. I mean, they will not be able to do it because of technology, because of maths. Right. And, and that's super cool, right? You, 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 can, you can have your analytics, but you don't have to collect information about, about particular users. And when you're not an ad company, that's good because you can learn about your users. But, you know, on technical level, you make it impossible uh, for you to reveal information you don't want to have. Because you, if you have this information, you know, maybe it's fine. You know, trust me, I'll do the right thing. But as you say, you know, um, with Apple in particular, right? What if, uh, what if someone else comes in, right? What if uh, the data leaks? What if it's stolen? What if, uh, you know, NSA sends them a letter demanding all of the emoji information and, and, you know, more important information than emoji preferences, right? Then the information is out there. And, and like the, the idea is that you, you, it shouldn't be like when we want to um, make stuff safe, secure, when we, you know, when, when people are, are angry about, you know, NSA or whatever, uh, yeah, we should change the policy. We should change stuff out there. But uh, we as technologists can and and I think have the responsibility of using technical means to 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 come at uh, you know stuff that's that's bad, right? If you if you make the thing that's that's not desirable impossible, yeah. then that's good because it's impossible. Yeah, totally, and uh, and and I think and I think what I, what I, and this is what I what I like about Apple and how I, why I trust Apple and why I don't like you know having you know Android phone when Google has all the information about me and can build a very nice profile of me because I have their phone, uh, I have their phone in my pocket actually it's not my phone, uh, right. is is that I mean that 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 Apple is a technology company but it's not a, an ad company. And uh, they don't, they're not building a profile of me. And whereas where I use uh, other company services, I am being profiled all of the time and they have access to all the information and I don't actually trust them to, um, uh, that they will, you know, not change the policies because always the, the, the terms of an agreements are like, you know, pages long and nobody reads them anyway. So, um, and, and, and what if someone makes a mistake? It's like uh, when, we, when you talk about uh, nuclear arsenal, it's not just that someone will, you know, that, that policy will change and someone will do the wrong, the very, very terrible thing. What if there is a mistake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? What if uh, there's a mistake at, at Google or uh, the data is stolen? And, uh, right? It's, it's, it's not like if, if the, the, the bad thing is possible, well, it's possible, right? And it's important for Google to have this information so that uh, they can profile you and uh, be as valuable as they can to the advertisers. And it's 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 very understandable, rational why they do it. But again, if if you're not Google, and please don't be Google, uh, then you make the undesirable impossible, and then there is no risk because it's it's physically, technically impossible. Yeah, and. Uh- also, us at, at uh, in our company, we are trying right now to 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 be um, also m- more. Uh, I mean, 
also to put, I mean, to have all the security in place and, and uh, for, for, because, you know, if people don't trust us with their tasks, then it just doesn't matter that we exist, actually. I mean, we, right. we, the trust is the, you know, is our most important contract here. And this is why, what, why we do what we do. And we just posted a very long po blog post on Nosby blog, how, I mean, what we do with personal data, how we treat personal data, how we limit access, and not only by technology, but also, you know, human access. So that you know, that not not too many humans can access some of the information or lots of information or or, or or something. So we're focused on that, and also where we where we try to encrypt data, how we try to encrypt data to make sure that nobody can actually access this, and if they do, mm. they, they will just see garbage. So like all of these things, and I think we should. I mean, this is just the beginning. We should be thinking about it, and as you said, we should you know thank maths and learn how to use maths even more to be able to encrypt, to, you know, to, to differentiate, to, to really just make sure that there is no temptation actually to, 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 to play with this data and to, to access this data and to just make stupid things. Right. Uh, our job is kind of harder here. Uh, it's, it's arguably easier if uh, you're like Apple making um, yeah. personal tools because then, then you can have your end-to-end -end encryption, um, you know, relatively easily. Yep. Uh, it's kind of like super difficult. It would be like next to impossible, uh, at least with our expertise right now, to to make it work for like whole teams. Like it's it's very difficult to to design a tool like Nosby uh, where like we wouldn't store the information. Yeah, like, there's a bunch of stuff that that just has to be processed on on the server, uh, but it's it's important to have this in mind all the time security and privacy and and, and value it and 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 be structurally you know and, and be structured as a company to value it because again we're not monetized by advertisement we we charge our users for for the service so yeah. we you know we want to do the best by them and not by our advertisers um so it's a thing we try to improve all the time and we constantly make um, uh, improvements to, to, to the whole infrastructure and, and how we deal with everything to keep it as safe as we can. I mean, you know, the difference between us, for example, and Google is that our users are our customers in Google's, you know, um, in Google's case, uh, Google's users um, are not Google's customers. And... Um, and uh, the other thing is that you know we like to sleep well at night, and for me the worst nightmare would be to to, to lose customer data or to or to have a breach or something like that. So this is what we have to focus on. But um, yeah, we keep improving and we'll keep improving even more this year. So you know, there's things to be to be done there.